Uh, hey man, hey, uh, can I can I borrow your phone? My phone? Uh, yeah, man, I need to make a call. Sir, how dare you? Uh, I beg your pardon? How dare you ask to touch my daughter? I, I'm sorry, what? This phone is my daughter, good sir, and I bid you good day. Man, 2060 really sucks. Welcome to the show. YouTube doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff. That's why I don't normally do it. But <clears throat> felt like doing it for today. Don't know why, but let's get into it because today I'm here to talk about the motherfucking creator, which. I don't know if you've seen the trailers for this movie. Um, if you have, then I assume you went and saw it yesterday. I'm kidding. It was the preview night. Not many of you probably would see it because it's preview night. And also, it's competing with Saw X. I haven't seen Saw X, but I think my conclusion is, fuck that, go see the creator. And I say that as someone who's seen almost every Saw movie, except for the Chris Rock one, which in fairness looks pretty decent. Just haven't gotten around to seeing it. Before we get into the parader, I want I need to give a quick couple of quick shout outs to some other media I consumed recently. Uh, specifically, quick mini review real quick here for the Venture Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it wasn't released in theaters, but it was released straight to HBO Max and to Blu-ray and VHS. I'm not VHS, probably DVD and digital. What am I talking about? Of course, the Venture Brothers movie, which I believe is titled Oh my God. The radi radiant is the blood of the radiant is the blood of the baboon's heart, uh, which honestly uh, is fucking hilarious. Um, I don't know if it'd be as funny to people who haven't seen all of the Venture Brothers uh, series, but honestly, oh my God, I laughed so hard. Laughed so much. Uh, the Venture this movie acts as a conclusion to the Venture Brothers series. And if you haven't seen the Venture Brothers series, well, then you have been missing out on one of my probably top three or top five greatest animated shows of all time. Right up there with some personal favorites of mine, like King of the Hill and South Park, the Venture Brothers. Definitely 100% recommend it. What is Venture Brothers? Well, it was a show about essentially the concept of what if what if we put a show that focused on a Johnny Quest type character after they have grown up to become an adult. And the show basically goes from there, following a guy named Vin, uh, Rust, Rusty Venture, the, do, the son of previous uh, Dr. Venture, who has now grown up to become his own sort of middling super scientist in the middle of nowhere having wild adventures with his two sons who he clones in case they die. And of course, his bodyguard, Brock Sampson, voiced by Patrick Warburton. And yes, Patrick Warburton is glorious as Brock Sampson, the family bodyguard, and Mem and OSI, secret agent. Definitely recommend. I also recommend Fiona and Cake, uh, for anyone who has uh, the sequel series to Adventure Time, 
and it's on HBO Max. Recommend both of those very much if you love cartoons. But we're here today to talk about the creators. So let's get all that stuff out of the way, other than to say that they're great. So what is the creator about? Well, the creator, if you haven't seen the trailers, well, first of all, I recommend seeing the trailers because the trailers kind of like tell you exactly what kind of movie it is. Apparently, Hollywood claims that marketing is having trouble marketing this movie, which is a little weird to me because I thought the trailer was freaking great. But uh, so what is the creator about? Now, in fairness, in fairness, the creator story-wise has a lot of things we've seen before. I mean, throughout the history of science fiction in Hollywood, nerds have continuously told essentially what is the same story over and over again except set in different periods of the conflict for what do i mean well what i mean is that movies like the terminator and the matrix and i am and i robot and and westworld and uh blade runner are all technically and technically the creator are all technically about the same concept which is how will mankind interact with AI and artificial intelligence and life? Now, the thing about all those movies is they all seem very different, but that's because they're set at different points in what essentially would be a similar series of events. The events of something like Westworld kind of feel like they would happen around the same time as Blade Runner in terms of the types of events. The robots are waking up and they're becoming more human and they're realizing they don't want to die. Now the creator takes place in essentially the same time frame that we are frequently denied, which is the conflict itself between man and machine. In many ways, the creator is kind of like that Matrix Zero movie that Warner Brothers refused to make because it wouldn't feature any of the main cast in the Matrix and thereby forced the Wachowskis to take the script for the third movie and stretch it into two because they still wanted a trilogy. Yeah, that's what happened with the Matrix, just so you're aware. I still love the Matrix, but that's what happened. And the creator essentially is sort of the same as what that movie would have been. It focuses on the conflict, both societally and militarily, between AI and human beings. Now, in this movie, it all gets kicked off with the concept that in, what is it, 2060 or something? I believe it's 2060. An artificial intelligence system designed to protect us uh, launches a nuclear weapon at Los Angeles, nuking a good portion of, well, Los Angeles. So, of course, the American government op reacts militarily. They decide to declare war on artificial intelligence. And so a war begins between the United States of America and the new government of Asia, because apparently in the future, Asia is all one sort of EU type thing. And they seem to be running the gamut of uh, highly sophisticated cities and, uh, and uh, essentially robots hiding in monasteries. Now, as the movie begins, we are informed of a character called Nermata. Who is Nermata? Well, Nermata is, to the AI, their creator. And the American government wants to kill Nermata. Like, pretty badly wants to kill Nermata. Because 
the United States government has determined that the war between AI and humanity is, well, a war for humanity. And so the United States government takes every action they can to uh, destroy the machines. As the movie goes on, we witness the dehumanization of the AI, which is a weird sentence if you think about it. But that is essentially what the movie is showing us, the dehumanization of war. In this movie, the US government acts pretty much unilaterally. They do not give a fuck because they have built the world's most dangerous orbital satellite, an ominous sentinel in the sky that projects a laser targeting system onto the planet that is visible to everyone around it, creating a horrifically terrifying image before you get tactically nuked. Now, the weapons that they have don't appear to actually have radiation, but the explosions appear to be essentially miniature nuclear bombs. This thing, this the satellite system is called Nomad, and it is the scourge of the AI civilization as it moves to kill them. Now, the new Asia government is in full cooperation with AI and fighting for AI civil rights. They even have a they even have a fun sort of charity program where you can donate your face to robots so that robots can become simulants with human-style bodies. The movie does an interesting thing where essentially these robots only have a human face, but the back of their head has like a, a weird spinny thing. So you can tell that they are, you know, androids, because they are technically androids. These are autonomous sentient beings, not, uh, not automatic slave creatures, even though the implication is, is that that was that they were what they were originally designed for. So who is the movie about? That is a fair question, because ultimately this movie succeeds on its human component. And I don't just mean the human characters, I mean the humanity of the characters that is put forward throughout the film. At the beginning of the movie, after we were given an intro explaining the basics of the universe that we are currently in, we meet John David Washington, who appears to be hanging out in a android sort of in an android sort of camp place with his at the time wife Maya played by Jimma Chan and their main character Joshua played by John David Washington I believe they also call him Taylor so maybe his name is Joshua Taylor mainly the machines seem to call him uh Joshua we soon learn that he is in fact an undercover government military agent who is here to find out who Nirmada is, because it is believed that Nirmada is the father of Maya. Now, the U.S. military shows up, in Joshua's opinion, very early and sort of mess up his undercover, sort of, in his mind, blowing his cover before he can find Nirmata. The U.S. military then proceeds to essentially tactically nuke his wife. The thing is, is that even though he is undercover, he is in love with Maya, who is expecting a child. So when the U.S. government tactically nukes his wife, uh, he's devastated and essentially does not give a fuck anymore. He is done. He goes back to America. He can't remember anything of use to the military about finding Nirmada. He doesn't give a fuck about the human race being replaced by machines anymore. And the U.S. military is kind of annoyed. So they convince him that his wife is still alive and that if he wants to save her, 
he is going to have to take them to this underground base he knows about so that they can extract the weapon the weapon that Nermada has built to destroy the nomad of course the tactical extraction mission goes horribly wrong and joshua is confronted with meeting the weapon who is an android child a little girl i will be honest i did not i i did not i did not identify their gender from the trailer um but who cares um the little girl robot who he names alfie because their code name is alpha omega and essentially proceeds to go on the run with her because he believes that she is the only one who knows where his wife Maya is. And he does not give a fuck about what the U.S. military actually wants. This is, he has only one goal, which is to find his wife and potentially his child, depending on how she survived the explosion. The good news is, is the child also seems to be looking for his wife and seems to know where she is, but isn't very forthcoming about it however he does convince her to take him to her he does convince her to take him to her weird sentence uh with no unusual words in it so joshua begins his lone wolf and cub journey which has become very popular in hollywood these days to essentially find his wife with the aid of this android girl now, the key things that the creator lays out that I can't turn my eyes away from, like many of the critics, I went on, I went to run Tomatoes after I saw the movie, and I was uh, annoyed. Don't get me wrong, the movie currently has a fresh rating with 70% of critics saying they like it, and hopefully next time I check, that review will be higher. Uh, but even reading the comments of critics who like the movie, I kind of just want to line them all up and go down the road, just slapping them in their stupid fucking faces. The number of critics who claim this movie had no heart or that it had no emotional connection to its human characters, I just want to be like, were we watching the same fucking movie? Are you somehow more autistic than me? What the fuck are we even talking about? Because for me, that's where this movie hits. The humanity of these androids and their struggle to survive against the U.S. military is emotionally devastating. By the end of the movie, I was rooting for AI. The U.S. military is portrayed here as being ruthless, and they're portrayed that way for a specific reason. In their minds, the AI have been completely dehumanized, which is a weird sentence, you know, because they're not human. But that's sort of the point of the movie. The movie suggests that they are sentient, that they want to live, which is true. But throughout the movie, the US military continuously refers to them, to the machines dying as it's not real, they're just programmed. However, the movie shows us things that clearly indicate that there is a little bit more to the machines than that, even the horrific things. At one point, one of the main villains, a female general, talks about how one of her sons went undercover and was found out and was slowly tortured to death by the machines, even making the comment that they took their sweet time. Now, the thing about that is, is that if the machines are truly just programmed and non and don't feature any real emotions, why would they take the time to slowly torture a person to death? A machine that was just programmed would probably be more efficient. The idea of hurting someone because you wanted to is a humanized, is a human element. The film continues on 
with these various small touches throughout the film, the machines come off as very much being alive. And they are devastated when they see their fellow machines killed. The, the machines in Asia are even said to do things like run orphanages for children because they can't have their own children. Maya it even talks about how she was raised by simulants. Simulants are what the androids who look, who have human faces are referred to as. And the film sort of continues on from this point. As the story unfolds, we learn that Alpha is indeed someone, is indeed an android designed to destroy Nomad. As her power grows, she will be able to control and turn off or turn on all electronic devices. And of course, she was made to bring down Nomad. Now, there's a lot of other incredible details that the film proceeds to unveil as it goes along. Stuff that really swings and into gut punches of human emotion that I can't believe critics were stone-faced to. I'll get into that stuff in a minute because I do want to, you know, not just spoil everything about the film because I do really recommend the creator. It is a haunting look at the nature of and brutality of war and the dehumanization of our opponents. It talks distinctly about the humanity of consciousness. Really, I cannot recommend the creator enough. Now, don't go into it expecting that this is going to be some type of uh, feel-good event. This is a very, as I referred to it on Facebook, devastatingly beautiful film. And the film does look really good. Like, really, really good. But that's not what I mean when I say that it's devastatingly beautiful. I'm referring to just how much humanity it packs into the very story. How we are shown the human interactions uh, between the androids and the humans. It's all just so, so good. And I am devastated that this only has 70% on Rotten Tomato. I don't know what it is with movie, you know, movie critics. I'm just going to say this, you know, if you don't start embracing movies that aren't superhero movies, like, what are we supposed to think? Are people going to, do you want people, do you want people to go see The Expendables? They don't. The Expendables got significantly worse reviews. Um, but the point is, is that don't sleep on the creator. The creator is awesome. Highly recommend. Highly, highly recommend. Does it have a lot of components we've seen before? Sure. But at the end of the day, it was the emotion and humanity of this telling of this story that pulled me in. Honestly, I can't recommend it enough. To be fair, I've only seen it once, and I typically believe you don't really know the true merit of a film until you see it twice. But right now, I'm telling you, this is worth, this, is worth the ticket price. It is worth sitting in a theater. It is... It's probably even worth the IMAX ticket. I didn't see it in IMAX, and I was vaguely annoyed that the theater I was seeing it at did not have it in XD. I mean, it was preview night, so I kind of get it, but I did find out that the next day, the XD movie was going to be Saw X when it's the XD movie. Dear Cinemark, the XD movie should be the creator. Okay? Okay? All right. So I'm going to get into some more spoilery territory here. So I'm just going to say, if you um, enjoy my podcast, please um, please follow on Spotify and like and subscribe and comment and share on the YouTube channel. And you can email the show at rubenuncut 
at gmail.com. All right, let's jump into the spoilerinos. So I just, I need to, so this is basically just going to be me talking about my reactions to like some of the most, some of the most beautiful, like gut punchy moments in the film. Like, because I'm going to go into some big reveals. So I hope you stop listening. If you plan on watching the movie, I highly recommend watching the movie. There are just so many moments in the final act of this film that, that just like hit me in the gut. Uh, and there's just so many tiny details in the film when it comes to like the machine and human interactions there's a part during one of the big battles at the end where one of the android characters that we've kind of met and even though we don't really know a lot about them still seems like they're one of the main android characters um we see the u.s military just rolling into their village with these gigantic tank things just like wrecking shit and this is the village where humans and androids live together by the way and this uh, a bunch of the a bunch of the androids realize that they're being uh, a bunch of androids and human soldiers realize they're being targeted by the U.S. military via these laser sights, and they're like, "Everybody, run! We got to get out of the targeting." And so they go and they run, and he's about to run under this thing for safety, and he notices that the thing he's about to run under is just full of women and children, both human and android. And the android stops, and he's like, "Okay." And he runs the other way, even though he knows that running the other way means that he will die and these people will live. Um, and he does that. And I thought that was a powerful moment. The, the androids are shown as being very empathetic to anyone around them, androids or humans. Whereas the, the human soldiers are just ruthless. And the movie makes it clear the reason they are ruthless is because they believe that this war is versus extinction. They believe that after what happened in Los Angeles, there is no way the, that the AI will ever choose to live with us peacefully. Now, the thing about that, though, is, is that one of the bigger reveals near, near the end of the movie, well, I guess I shouldn't say near the end of the movie, but in this final act, one of the big reveals is we discover that AI did not attack humanity. There was an error, there was a coding error in the defense AI that launched the nuke, a human error in its design. But the US military didn't want to accept accountability for it, so they declared a war on artificial intelligence. Pretty messed up, right? Now, it's worth noting that the machines are kind of Buddhist. Um, that's important for this next part here. So what essentially happens in the film, actually, this is like more like the second to last act. There's more than, I think there's more than three acts in this movie. This is at least a four or five act movie. Um, it's not excessively long either, but like in terms of epic event, epic, it's got epic storytelling, which means it's really a series of events versus one finite event. But essentially... <clears throat> He goes, he goes through this journey because he just wants to see his wife one more time. He wants to see her one more time. And he is on this journey with this android girl and she takes him to Maya, who he now knows at this point is Nermada. The original Nermada was dead. And the woman that he was trying to use to get to Nirmata was, in fact, the woman he was sent there to kill. And the reason that the raid happened that way is because the U.S. military realized she was Nirmata. 
So the child brings him to this Buddhist temple up in the mountain where humans and I'm sorry, humans and androids live together. And and like the androids are like wearing Buddhist robes and stuff. The architecture is a combination of like Buddhist architecture, but like with robots praying in it. It's very cool. Um, but when he gets there, he realized the whole time the android had been using this uh, Chinese word to say where Nirma, uh, where Maya was. And when he gets there, one of the androids tells him, oh, that word means heaven. And he gets to the top of the mountain where the temple is and he goes in and suddenly realizes the androids, while this was probably not their original plan, have in fact brought him there for a reason. They bring him to see Alf Alfie with Nirmada, Maya. Maya is in a coma. Maya has been in a coma since she was tactically nuked. I don't think they're actually nukes. They just keep calling the bombs tactical nukes. But the point is, is that she has been alive, but not really since that moment. She is here in a coma, which means the military lied to Joshua about his wife being still active in the resistance. She is here in this temple in a coma. As the android priests tell him, trapped between this life and the next because they believe in reincarnation and they believe that Nirmada is stuck and they need him to take her off life support because he's the only one that can. No android is programmed to be able to harm Nirmada. No android can harm Nirmada. So Joshua is forced to give the killing blow of mercy to the woman he loves most in the world. And in the same, at the same time, he discovers who Alfie really is. Alfie is an android based on a brain scan of his unborn child. Alfie, for all intents and purposes, is his daughter, the most advanced android ever made a combination of him and the woman he loved, scanned into a growing android, an android that matures like a human. And so here he is at the top of this mountain as a thing that is essentially his child who does not want their mother to die, but knows that this is mercy. So he has to hold his daughter and shut off the life support to his beloved wife. Of course, the military shows up. Things go poorly. And then the final act happens, which of course is all about destroying Nomad. There's a brutal moment where it looks like the jig is up, where everything has fallen apart. But there are several, but the several tiny details in the plot that happen here are things that pay off in big ways. One is that the US military has this way where they can scan a person's brain and insert it into an Android real quick to try and get talk to the person for a limited amount of time 
uh, before they completely die. And the military shows up, which allows Joshua to get a brain scan of his wife as she is dying, as she is dying with her life support off. The military seizes them and they put them in a position where just like he had to kill his wife out of mercy, the US military is going to force him to put down his daughter with mercy. They want him to blast her with an EMP charge. They say it'll be painless. And they say that she'll trust him the most. And that if anyone else has to kill her, it probably won't be pleasant. Of course, he fakes the thing, putting her in standby mode right before he sets off the EMP so that her electronics are unfazed and then turns her back and then resets her while she pretends to be dead. Only to come alive in the ambulance and, you know, mess everything up. They then proceed to get onto Nomad. Now he knows that if she uses her powers like originally intended, she would crash to Earth with Nomad and die. So he has plan B, which is to plant bombs on Nomad. And this all, and this all goes according to plan pretty much, except the US military intervenes at the last moment uh, in probably one of the more funky looking scenes, to be honest. But still, what ends up is his daughter ends up in the escape pod and he is trapped outside as nomad begins to explode and fall to earth he has one last touching moment with her before saving her life he then walks back into nomad as it begins to explode around him however what has happened is his daughter found an android version of nirmada maya and inserted the chip into her brain because he wants to talk to her one more time. She even tries to get Maya to the escape pod, but at some point has to abandon it because Joshua is running out of oxygen. But as Joshua walks back through the exploding building, walking through their through their plant crops on the ship, he sees. Could it be his wife walking through the field towards him? They run to each other. They embrace. They kiss. The station explodes. The station falls to earth as human beings and machines all over Asia rejoice. The film is stunning. I highly recommend it. I hope I didn't just spoil it for you, but I do recommend the film. It is beautiful. And I mean that both visually and emotionally. It's gonna be really hard picking out this year's movie of the year. Cause I have like four candidates now. It's gonna be tough. But anyways, thank you for watching or listening. Please like and subscribe wherever you are. Email the show at Ruben Uncut at gmail.com. Oh my God, sir, sir, I have to, I have to get to the hospital, I'm badly injured. Can you please give me a ride in your, in your, in your self-driving electric car? How dare you, sir? What? 
This car is my daughter. How dare you ask to enter her? I bid you good day, but I'm dying. <laughs>